Well, what's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. Days before Christmas. And everybody is basically out. Because they're doing Christmas shopping, making cookies for wrapping up Christmas presents. But I do have one and only little brother, Jake. So we're going to take this thing down and give you an actual dose of Lyles and Lyles. What's up, bro? Doing good. How are you? So we talked about this on our last show. Disney Plus did listen to you, so congratulations. They are paying attention to the show. Apparently, they're subscribing. I'm still waiting for them to rate and also review it, so stay tuned for that. But they are raising up the prices of the Disney Plus package. It's going to be $8 a month, which translates to your annual price being uh, $80 a month. Good gosh, 96 well, it's going to be 80 if you get the yearly package. It's $8 a month. Okay. Well, that doesn't hurt me. I mean, again, I, I just signed up for HBO Max um, basically to get the their 2020 package. I still feel like I get a better deal with Disney Plus versus that. So that's still a good deal. I, and, hey, I, I'd love to have him uh, rate and review LousMovieStyle.com's podcast. Guys are welcome. I definitely think that if you haven't watched shows like Clone Wars or Rebels through this year, you really got your money's worth out of a Disney Plus subscription. And if you just were a fan of Simpsons and were lapsed, you had a lot to watch with that. Now they're starting to get back into focus and getting more shows in production and movies out there. Uh, they've got a new one, Safety. Soul is coming on Christmas. So I think in the next couple of months we'll start to see that real value in terms of new original content but there were some backlog stuff that kind of made it worthwhile and i like like we said paying that for what disney is going to be bringing over the next few years provided it's not a ten dollar jump every year i think it will still be worth it I was, now i was gonna say like i look i mean i i, I now have gotten the point i i'm looking at Disney Plus every day. Do you, you feel you get more money's worth on Disney Plus, Netflix, or or any other? What, what do you, what's your what do you think you get the best value from your streaming box? Because I think right now it's Disney Plus hands down best value. For me, because of the slate of original movies, which are very helpful for me in terms of reviewing Netflix. Just because, like, basically every Friday I can count on a new release. And especially in a year where I haven't gone to the theater three times a week to see new movies, knowing that I can get a at least one movie from Netflix. And typically it's multiple new releases every Friday. That's pretty good. Disney Plus hasn't gotten to that point yet. I don't know if they ever will, but... I know in terms of enjoyment for my streaming dollars and all that, Disney Plus definitely did because I was, I watched, I binged uh, Clone Wars on Netflix for like the first two seasons, but I was like, all right, I don't need to rush to see it because there wasn't this huge rush to do it while I was casually watching it on Netflix. And then it wasn't until The Mandalorian where it was like, oh, you really should start watching 
those shows that you haven't because they're tying into stuff and you won't understand how cool all this stuff is until then. And then it was a, oh, right, it's not on Netflix anymore, but it's here on Disney Plus. Great. So, so many hours spent. Like, wow, the show is great. Chase, this show is amazing. I can't believe this show is so good. And you're like, yeah, it was, right? But at least we were able to be on the same page by the time season seven came. And then I was like, whoa, so good. So definitely that. Um, so let's talk about some of these things we're going to see from Disney+. Plus. I don't think we talked about this last time, and I'm pretty sure we did not. But Patty Jenkins is going to be directing a Rogue Squadron film. And, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Patty Jenkins' work, and I'm really curious to see what she does with Rogue Squadron. For those not in the know, she said she's going to be basing her film off of the books. So why should people be excited about that? Um, I did not actually read any of the Rogue Squadron books. But that's the, I mean, again, this is what I complain about ridiculously. The books were there for the taking. And if you just took two seconds instead of saying, oh, you know, we're not going to give George Lucas any more money or any of these Del Rey books any more money for the license of this stuff. It's like, you, you just lost, I mean, having, giving your screenwriters an easy job of cutting down a 400-page book, making it, a 200-page script and making it actually worth something that people are like, oh, I remember, oh, that's Wags. Oh, man, he's talking about Biggs. Oh, gosh, man. Dang. Oh, we're going to be talking about Luke because but Luke's a Jedi, so he's going to go somewhere else. Oh, man, we're, I mean, we're going to hear about poor. So, like, you're just going to hear about guys that, oh, yeah. It's like you get that, okay, I know where I, I'm in this universe. I've been here. Cool. Got it. It's not, I think you guys, you're using parts of my universe right now, but <laughs> that's how you should do it like using something they have it's like us usual book nerds would be like I like where they went here but I would have liked to see something else or added this piece but we aren't going to be harsh buzz like unless you completely eviscerate the books like we always complain about uh, or the things as long as you don't do that we're mostly like cool good, good job we're, we're glad to see more stuff we know we love this universe and we're going to go see. And the fact that Patty Jenkins is doing it, and she's, I mean, as we talked about last week, when she's like, yeah, I don't I don't deal with trash. I, I use what's good. I mean, I appreciate that even more saying, like, I appreciated my version of uh, Wonder Woman. That was trash. <laughs> I, mean, it's what I, I think it's good. So if I got a good World Squadron book, I'm going to use the good parts and leave the trash. Perfect to me. Yeah, so she's going to take uh, a little bit from the, or she was influence from the books and the games, which I think is great. The other cool thing is that Patty Jenkins is going to be the first woman to direct a DC film and a Star Wars movie. I think yeah. Yeah. If someone at Marvel had been like, hey, maybe she could have also completed a hat trick and, and gotten that too. That's pretty neat. All right, so Obi-Wan Kenobi I know we're really excited about this and a component of this is going to be Vader's Jedi hunters who are going around and not so much bringing edible arrangements to the Jedi but going to track them down you're shaking your head why is this 
I was already excited about seeing this, this show, and then you tell me that. I mean, come on. That, just like, yeah. Like, make me want to see this show more. And like, seriously, damn you, COVID, because this would have been on TV right now. It's your fault, COVID. We aren't seeing this now. But continue on the synopsis, please. I want to hear more. Our lead, our lead for, um, all right, I'm, I don't, I'm terrible at this. So I'm a man, Doomsday, from Smallville. He's a lead character in Star Wars in a video Sam game. Woodward. Yeah, Sam Woodward. He was the what was what was that video game series? Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed. Is it possible they could work him into Obi Wan Kenobi? Yes. Um, I think. All right. If you guys have not finished the game, I apologize. This no, let's be, just deal with the first one. I oh, I didn't play the second one. I don't. Let's just, if I played it, I don't remember the second ending. But the first one. Kind of. Uh, no, I think no, I think he technically dies before the first oh, one. Wow, super spoiler. Star Killer was his name, which is funny, because instead yeah. of Luke Star Killer, it was Skywalker, and they used it later, which is nice. Oh yeah, well that was the. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure, but there's a part two, so he didn't really die. So that already tells you what you need to know. Um. I think you can find a way, and I'm sure he would have no like <laughs> huge star. Just tell me the day I got to show up. I'm good. I'll like, be there three days Tell me who I'm playing. I'm good. I think he would, you could fudge the timeline enough that if you need, if you needed to mess with that game enough to the right. timeline, <laughs> I think they'd be okay with that too. I feel like the fans of that game would be okay with the continuity being a little screwy just so they can incorporate him. Like maybe an encounter with Obi-Wan is what prompts him to question his loyalties. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm really wondering, um, I've not played this game, but uh, gosh, what's the new one? Jet Fallen Order? I believe so. Yeah. I think. Now how, now, do, you, how do you not play that game? I feel like you got that game. Uh, you may have got it from me for Christmas. Uh, I may I have did, actually. <laughs> Might have been a birthday present. I think it was I, a birthday present. Actually. I think it was a birthday present this year. Yeah. But I have not played. But I think that, that timeline could also work. I think I mean, like a lot of the folks who play the um, game, like and like the folks actually like listen to, they saying like you probably could have that timeline also in during during this time or kind of Mandalorian-ish kind of, I, I, I could be wrong, but I maybe believe a, from the synopsis, his events are set shortly after Revenge of the Sith. So he would not fit in that time. Range. But there's no reason they couldn't make a show about him either. Yeah. seems like people really, really like the game and Cameron Monaghan is not doing anything. And, you know, he was Joker in Gotham, for those of you who are like, who's this? He's a good actor. And, I mean, this current Star Wars on TV model is working very well. And I think we could do something with a live action series set after Revenge of the Sith for a Jedi who's like, whoa, I can't be found out because they're trying to kill us. And these Jedi hunters may actually involve a cast member who is rumored to be joining the crew. 
Tamora Morrison. Oh, I was gonna say, uh, who is this from? Him, Boba Fett. Exactly. There's so I many. I mean, it's like Boba Fett. They just go with him. I Boba Fett. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, he he would actually have like, oh, you have you know where a Jedi is? Tell me what their bounty is. I'll make it happen. Um, Absolutely. Especially if he learns that Obi Wan is close with Mace. Yeah. Take them all out. Yeah. So a lot of fun there. Yeah. And and there's this one part that I'm trying to figure out what I think about it. We're gonna have a clash between Obi Wan and Anakin, or Darth Vader. And I guess they never actually say that. Hey, uh, this was the only time we fought. And if he fights him relatively soon, that could have been ten years from or nine years before Star Wars, right? That's I mean, a decade could be enough time for him to be like, "Hell yeah, presence! I haven't felt since." Yeah, we clashed. Yeah, he didn't say the last time I fought. You know, it's like I haven't felt his presence in a long time. And there's, I mean, if unless you want to parse every line that Vader says in that, there's nothing he says like I haven't since him. You know, since you know I'm in this armor, he's like, right. oh, okay. I mean, it, it almost makes it's like Vader be like, now I know I beat you this time, versus having to worry about you putting me in this daggone armor. It's like now it would be much, I mean, it would almost give you that, wait a minute, this mofo's back. Hold on. Right. Okay. <laughs> I need to go deal with this. I'll be right back. Don't move. <laughs> you guys now, stay here. Now, here's the, I mean, I guess the other thing I'm really excited about is actually seeing a competent lightsaber duel in Star Wars. I mean, now, oh, I hit you one time. Woo! I'm out of breath. Oh, gosh. Oh, I jumped a little bit. Oh, no. Give me a second. Um, now, I, you know, the Revenge of the Sith duel is probably the best one just because there's so much involved in it. It's the emotion of Empire. It's the sword play of the Phantom Menace fight with Maul and Obi-Wan. And it has the definitive winner where it's like, oh, <laughs> you were the chosen one. Now burn. Burn, baby, burn. Burn, Anakin, burn. Burn to the tune of Burn, Hollywood Burn by P.E. Ah. All right. So that's it for Star Wars. Very excited, of course. Can't wait. And maybe I should get this game, Force uh, Unleashed, or Unwakened, and play them again. Pull them out off the PS2 and dust them back off. Maybe those PS3. Yeah. All right, so what else are we getting with our Disney Plus money? Here's a really interesting deal here. We're not going to get season two of Hellstrom, which I didn't bother watching because I knew better. Hulu canceled the series. There's no need to get invested in this unless you're desperate for entertainment because, honestly, if you didn't see the writing of the wall on that one, I don't know what to tell you. It was on Hulu. They weren't going to get it renewed. It wasn't going to be a show that's going to move over to Disney Plus. And that was the only lone show hanging out in the breeze that it wasn't on the Disney Plus umbrella. Were you okay. shocked? Did you watch it? Uh, I, I have not watched. I, I don't have Hulu. The only thing I actually have watched that was a Hulu property was uh, Marvel's Runaway when it came to Disney Plus. And then I got upset when they was like, oh, there's no next season? Are you kidding me? We got loads of story to go. And it's like, but if you're I, I never, I was like, when the initial model of Hulu came out, it annoyed the hell out of me because it was like, I used to be able to watch 
uh, 24 the next day without these ads, and then you add ads, and then you get all this other B, I mean, like, commerce part of it, but then it's like, now, hey, we have net, I mean, cool exclusive shows, now we need you to pay seven, I'm like, I don't want to spend any more money of my dollars that I'm not getting a extra thousand dollars a month to pick up all these streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm not I'm not doing that a Hulu thing. Nah. So I, I and I didn't. It was one of those hailstorm was things that people were talking about, but not a lot of the people that I trust to say, hey, go you gotta watch this show and find a way. And I was not one of them. So and even if they were. You knew it wasn't going to come back. Yeah, it's like, again, if it's really good, like, I'll catch it on Blu-ray when it says the complete series, and I'll be, I'll be okay with that. Like, yeah. hey, I go with Firefly, it's like, oh, wow, that was a good show. Too bad you oh, well. put it on Fox in the wrong time. Oh, well. Really haven't heard anybody asking for that next season of Inhumans, though. I'm sorry, you still haven't watched the last season of Inhumans. Oh, you don't need to apologize. I'm not oh, kidding. no, I'm not apologizing. I'm judging you for making me watch that crap. Oh, please no. Like, we're going to take Medusa's hair off in the first episode and think that's cool. What? Oh, wait, and her hair looks horrible, but we're going to also cut it off the first episode. <laughs> Here's our solution for solving that problem. Bad special effects? Cut her hair off. Perfect. <laughs> wait, that's all she's known for is her perfect, I mean, her hair. You know, Literally she her hair. Yeah, but we're also going to have Black Bolt, and he's somehow magically going to get punked and then have to be on her. Yeah. Yeah. Was... No. Just bad way to go for that show. Mike mm-hmm. Coulter, who played Luke Cage in the Luke Cage show, uh, has expressed an interest in terms of coming back. He hasn't been contacted by Marvel, but he did say that, hey, I know fans are eager to see something about the character. Uh, he's talking to coming soon about this. I know I established him, and it was an honor to do that, but I don't know what the future holds. I'm just in my mode of doing evil TV show right now and a few films on hiatus something happens, I'd love to have a conversation with them. But for now, I'm not holding my breath. I'm happy either way. It was a good run. Now, do you want to see Mike Coulter come back? 100%. And I don't know if you continue the uh, Luke Cage storyline. I actually, I loved where they could take it, but if you don't want to do that, fine. But his character was definitely the guy to keep doing that. Um, as, as I think we said last week, all, I didn't all of the Defenders characters I thought were really good. What's his name? Uh, I'm trying to think of Iron Fist's real name. Not Danny Rand. Yeah. Danny. Uh, ben Jones was his name. Yeah. 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 I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I like the second season Defender. It was better than the second season Jessica Jones. Um, but if you, if you need the two two guys. Three out, of, three out of the four. I think you have to recast. I mean, I mean, no, not recast, but you have to keep. Bring back. Yeah, Charlie Cox, uh, Kristen Winter, and um, Michael. Yeah, oh, Michael. But see, the thing was, in that one episode of Luke Cage, <laughs> he showed up. Ben Jones is like, yes, this is the Iron Fist Luke Cage dynamic that I wanted to see more of in Defenders. It was so good. And it came off so cool. It was like, why the heck couldn't y'all do that when they were interacting before? And it was one of the best episodes of the whole season. And his second season wasn't bad, but his characters, his supporting cast were not the best. So I think you could do a Luke Cage Heroes for Hire with 
Iron Fist and have both of them partnering up. I don't know if we need a, another Luke Cage show, but I think the two of them could take the best aspects of both of those shows, clearly more on Luke Cage than there were Iron Fist. But there were some cool elements on Iron Fist. It's just that first season was a little rough because of the supporting cast and how they had been played Iron Fist. Well, Alyssa, it's like, I think there's probably enough uh, on the Defenders comic book side that you could put Heroes for Hire into like a, a story like that and be good to go. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's maybe production's too expensive because they actually are using New York locations. Um, and if that's the issue, maybe kind of cheat a little bit on Toronto uh, with some signage. But I think the, the actors themselves, I think they should stick around. I'm hoping this is uh, my culture is like kind of, hey, guys, I'm still here. I'm available. Hey, hey, I'll bench press a couple more pounds in case you get, get a little worried. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I think I'm thinking you're putting out that fly light. And it's not the some folks in Marvel I can't speak about. It's like the, they haven't talked to me yet, but my line's always open. Which you and sure can talk to me. <laughs> there's a special line for you guys that will be answered no matter what the time is. At all times. I am wondering, though, if the reason they we haven't heard much momentum on that is maybe Kevin Feige, being a fan of older Marvel properties, wants to bring his own take on the Defenders and have Doctor Strange, Namor, Silver Surfer, maybe She-Hulk, or if Mark Ruffalo wants to keep working in this universe, maybe move him over from the Avengers realm to that end. And that way they could take it as a hodgepodge of other random characters they want to introduce. Maybe a Damien Hellstrom, Hellcat, Patsy, not the one from Jessica Jones because they made her a trash character. Um, but there's, there's some opportunities. There is Black Knight who kind of dabbled with that team for a minute too. Hawkeye was there. There are a lot of random characters who showed up in the Defenders. And maybe that's an avenue they could do with Marvel Studios. I think that would probably be more of a TV show because that way they wouldn't have to do it for too long. I was going to say that would be a limited run. That sounds like almost like that is some the movies A-list kind of guys or A-B-list, but expensive to do on a TV show also. And we're, we're bringing, I mean, we're making She-Hulk a thing. Did you see that trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I don't think there was any sham budget issues. No, and, and, yeah, I don't. Again, I don't think it's sham. I think it's more we can't have all of these shows in this kind of. I mean, like again, they're also going not going stretching them out to twenty three episodes of trash. They're giving you twelve, eight maybe of good episodes. I think I, there's going to be like six to eight. I mean, Mandalorian is eight episodes, but you never hear anybody complaining. Oh man, it should be twelve or twenty episodes in the season. No, I think everybody. I think the model of twenty-two episodes is trash now. Because I mean, like even when we're talking about Star Girls, like if Star Girl had gotten stretched out, and, and that's a DC problem. If that got stretched out to twenty-two, I don't think I would have liked it as much. Um, Thirteen was good, and I think because when we said um, Black Lightning, when it got stretched to twenty episodes. It got that whole series got stretched. So you give me six good episodes of a, maybe a Defenders with that team, with that kind of budget, it, it might be really good. But I'm just like, let 
I would probably say keep it with the heroes for hire. That would be my thing is keep it with the heroes for hire, low cost, cool action stuff. I mean, city level New York stuff versus stuff you say, why the hell aren't the Avengers here? Kind of deal. Well, right now, there's no Avengers. So maybe, maybe, I think maybe you're starting to turn me around on this. Maybe they could do a full length Disney Plus movie, Defenders, with those guys. Yeah, I'll work. All right, I'm, I'm sold. It doesn't matter where you stand on the whole, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Because Bruce Willis is back, and he's got a brand new movie just in time for the holidays. This new one's a sci-fi thriller called Breach. Fleeing Earth after a deadly plague, a spaceship transporting the remaining survivors faces a new threat, a shape-shifting alien force intent on slaughtering what's left of humanity. Breach is rated R and it's made available from our friends at Paramount Pictures. You can buy or rent Breach on digital starting today. So another Marvel news. We all remarked how weird it was that Lady Sif, Sammy Alexander's character, was nowhere to be found during Thor Ragnarok. They're fixing that now because she's already signed back up to return for Thor 4, Love and Thunder, which is going to be a massive Civil War-style film in the Thor universe now. I'm glad that they are bringing Sif back and maybe they can have some quick explanation. Hey, where's Ragnarok? Well, funny thing about that, it all went crazy and sort of destroyed everything, and Hela and him had a big blow up, and the planet's destroyed. But welcome back. But I'm happy to see that she's returning. How about you? Again, I, I, I appreciated her coming to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., helping them out a couple times, but I also was like, especially like, hey, the Warriors 3, even though I didn't like them dying in Ragnarok. The fact is like, okay, maybe say she's off uh, with Beta Ray Bill or something, and that's why she wasn't there on Asgard for that time. So I, I'm glad they're bringing her back because that omission was always like, nah, she's a good character. Like, don't shortchange her. That was, always, that was always my little issue with Ragnarok. Like, at least mention her or something. But I'm glad she's back. I'm glad she didn't get killed off in Ragnarok. <clears throat> All right, so Thomas Jane, who you may remember from the first Punisher movie, I guess the second official Punisher movie, Dolph Lundgren was in the first one, but uh, Thomas Jane starred in the one that was a pretty close adaptation of the uh, Warren, no, Grant Ellis, Garth Ennis version of the Punisher, and he is interested in coming back to that universe. He wants to direct John Bernthal in a Punisher movie. Interested? I like it. I was like, oh, no, I was like, I like Tom Chambers, like, trying to get rid of John Barrett. I'm like, no, 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 like, he's Punisher. Um, but a guy done Punisher, like, no, I see how you can make this work. And seeing what your character did, I can keep it on that level. And I, I hey, I'd, I, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. And, uh, Bernthal responded on Twitter and was like, yo, that sounds cool. Let's do it. I'm honored. That would be great. So I think they really need to do that because Bernthal's Punisher was one of the best parts of the Marvel Netflix era. Like that, that second season of Daredevil was crucial because of how good he was. And I mean, he, he just nailed that character so well, so quickly that it was like, well, great. There's no other reason for you guys to recast this now. You're, you're covered with him. 
And and because it would not be a regular week without a new update, Spider-Man 3 is now looking to have William Defoe, Thomas Hayden Church, and Dane DeHaan returning as Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, and Sandman. Your thoughts? Oh, it looks like they're just going to do a multiversal. I, I don't. I mean, I, I like William Defoe as an actor, but I don't. His his Green Goblin costume was terrible and awful. But Jamie Foxx said that his Electro costume is going to be different, a little bit closer to the comic. And if they were to fix the Green Goblin costume and not make him look like a Power Ranger villain, I think it could work just fine. Um. It's it's interesting. Like now, I knew they were kind of going to this, but it's like now hearing a little more of it, I'm just like, wow, might this really be a fight for screen time? Like, are we really getting the Sinister Six? Are we just like, is everybody just doing cameos? Um, and so we, I mean, maybe we got a Sinister Six. It'll be cool, but I mean, I got I mean, Hayden Tom Shorts. That sounds like the Sinister Six will be there. With all the help, I mean, all the guys they have. So, am I excited? In a sense, after I see the trailer, then I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, this is the greatest idea possible." But right now, I got that little, little, little apprehension right now. It was funny because when the Arrowverse was doing Crisis on Infinite Earth, and we were learning all the different people who were going to be showing up, I was so excited, like, "Great, they're really going to do this thing right." And to an extent, they did do it really right, but all those cameos really didn't do anything. It was just like the main cast. I mean, it was a little frustrating that people who who could have had really cool roles in a crisis storyline were literally just cameos. And I think Marvel Studios will do a better job navigating that. And I think a Sinister Six is the easiest way to incorporate all those villains. And maybe it's just one big Sinister Six fight scene and it doesn't have to be this film really focusing on the bad guys who we've already established and have introduced already. I mean, you got Doc, Doc, Green Goblin, uh, Sandman, Electro. Uh, I'm trying to think who else we Mysterio. got. Mysterio. Mysterio. Hall is also rumored to be returning. Okay. I mean, he's Mysterio and his character. I mean, after, I mean, there's almost a part he has to come back basically after dropping that bomb of who Peter Parker is. Um, we, I mean, he's he's probably coming back. Um, I mean, just because of how Mysterio was. Um, again, I'm I'm hoping it's not a fight for screen time, but I, I'll wait for that trail and then I'll be I'll, I'm sure I'll be hyped. Hmm. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm looking forward to that, and I think they're going to do a good job with it. I had another thing, but we can save it for later. Have you watched any Christmas movies since last time we spoke? Uh, have I watched any Christmas movies? I watched Christmas Vacation uh, while I was putting up my tree. I have not watched any of the new ones yet. Oh, come on, man. you got to start watching some of these new ones so we can talk about what have come out in the last few days in this month of Christmas movies. Well, again, I was I was about to watch uh, was it Christmas Chronicles uh, the other day. I mean, Christmas Chronicles, too. I'm like... Okay, that looks a little more action oriented. I may try it out. So I may watch that tonight when I'm finished the podcast. Okay, I'm going to need you to watch some more because you're way behind. I hey. mean, by, by this point in December, you should have seen at least six. 
Hey, I did not turn on Lifetime where they have like 12 streaming a day. I, you know, I, mean, I, I, I fail in my life. You've made Christmas cookies. You've put up a Christmas tree. You've wrapped presents. There's no I, excuse not to have a Christmas movie on and then while you're doing that. I fail. You're, you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. Absolutely. All right, we'll set time now. Do you have any nominees for Demi of the Week? Oh, yeah. Um, My Dummy of the Week is whoever decided they didn't need to follow uh, mass protocols in front of Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible 7. Because from whatever, I mean, they're like, everybody's like, oh, gosh, we need to have think pieces about what Tom Cruise was saying. It's like, no, Tom Cruise is like, don't freak up Hollywood's money. They are counting on us to actually make this daggone movie to keep food on people's table and to put kids through college. Like, put your daggone mask on. Don't break quarantine. Do whatever you have to so we can get this money made, this movie made. I 100% co-sign with it. It's like, stop acting like a jerk, like this stuff doesn't apply to you. Do your job, and let's get everything right. So whoever, those two guys who jumped out there thought they didn't need to do that in front of Tom Cruise, dummies of the week for me. Yeah, he straight Christian bailed them. He didn't pull them to the side. He was like, got into it. He went into straight up Ethan Hunt mode on them. And that's what he should, and again, that's why I say it's like he wonder was like we like people yeah. are dependent on us, so don't play these games. Don't mess so. around. All right, my nominees are whoever came up with Hulu's decision to cast Lily James and Sebastian Stan as Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. Oh, I'm sorry, who's the first girl? Lily James. I know Lily James, the first thought of your mind is, who is that? She, I'm not she was in, uh, let's see, was this movie? Well, she was, uh, boy, let's see, Cinderella. That's who she was. And she was in Baby Driver. Love interest in Baby Driver? Not ring a bell? Uh, yeah. No, just no. See, um, the problem is with Pamela Anderson, I mean, you almost have to have a bombshell stand-in. Lily James is a good actress, but well, can we just be blunt here? Pamela Anderson was like the epitome of super ridiculous hotness in the 90s. And your performer, however talented she is, needs to utter bombshell preferably kind of uh, less brainy. I don't know how ditzy Lily James can play that. I, I mean, as an actress, I think anybody could play. I'm sure the, some of these ladies have been on casting calls with somebody. They're like, oh, yeah, this would be, if I never ever play this role like that, I got my idea. Um, I don't think it's, that's a hard role to be, associated with because it's just like everybody knows what they're expecting and to not see that it instantly puts you at a deficit so yeah now that, that wasn't a good call yeah and I, I just need sebastian stan to keep his calendar free whenever lucasfilm decides let's go with the post return of the jedi story for luke skywalker i see you brought in on it good job i was totally on it i mean the second mark hamill was like yeah hey Anybody needs him, this is my kid. 
He's like, yeah, let's let's do that. So 100. percent All right, well, finish up two days. That's it. Now speaking of finishing up, it's time for you to finish up some more Christmas cookies so I, I can come by and visit you, a socially distance, of course, and relieve you of some of those. I don't want you putting on too much holiday weight. But thank you as always for joining me, little bro. Thank you guys out there for listening. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.